Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast, where we're bringing the Lordship of Jesus Christ to everyday life. And our goal is to see disciples raised up, men and women who understand who they are, understand their identity, and who are lovers of Jesus and who are making maximum impact uh, in their world for Christ. And uh, the way that you do that is you've got to be gradually transformed. The Bible talks about this amazing promise to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we become like the Lord. We know his will for our lives. We're able to discern it and we're able to, uh, again, be the people that he's called us to be and and live a life that matters. And uh, last week we got into a really great discussion. Hope you enjoyed it. If you, In fact, if you were not able to be with us last week, I encourage you to go back and watch that podcast. It was uh, discussion we had over this wonderful book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's a New York Times best-selling book. Uh, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. It's an easy and proven way to build good habits and to break bad ones. And, uh, you know, we chatted last week on how many times people struggle in the church. They pray a prayer at the altar, maybe yep. give their life to the Lord. And then, right, they're going to try to be a good Christian. <laughs> I want to be a good Christian. I want to be a good Christian. I want to be a good Christian. And um, and many times they end up falling flat on their face. And I've heard people, I've prayed with people that have said, you know what, Pastor Andrew, I tried that. Yeah. I tried that. Yeah. And what they mean is they gave it, you know, they gave it their best shot and they just couldn't seem to be the Christian that they thought they were supposed to be, which, which meant their bad habits were overtaking good habits. Yeah. Their old identity was stronger than their new identity, and, and this is a big problem. You know, as we as we are seeking to authentically raise up Christ followers, yeah, this is a big challenge. Absolutely, and as as pastors who really have a heart for discipleship, true discipleship, to see transformational. Yeah, uh, transformation in people's life, and both you and I have have discipled people in our own household. We've brought people in in yeah. our house to disciple them. We want to see those real progressive changes yeah. in our the, lives. The goal in the game is not to see how many people you can fit in a square no. box on Sunday morning. No. Uh, it, yeah. it, the goal is to see people beautifully transformed. We want to see addictions being let go. We want yeah. to see people come to life more loving, more kind, more Relationships happy, more full of Yeah. Great marriages, great kids that love the Lord. And And that's kind of what turned me onto this book is talking about habits because basically the premise is that we in many ways are the the result of the culmination of our habits, what we do repeatedly and many times without really thinking. And so when we focus on that, we realize, man, there's some real, real truths to building good habits and losing bad habits, you know. And and just a quick review. Some of these truths include focusing on the on the seemingly small things and not necessarily the yeah. big breakthroughs. Right? We shared last week. You know, a habit when you kind of dissect it mm-hmm. is really nothing but a bunch of small choices that you make over and over again that become habitual. Yeah. You know, if you keep making the same decision uh, over and over and over again, then some then you don't even have to think about it. You just naturally act that way. Right. And so these small little choices that we're making, sometimes unconsciously, sometimes consciously, but many times unconsciously, we just become a part of who we are. It's the old us. Yeah. Uh, and we have to begin to make that transition and focus on those little choices. Yeah, and those small little choices in the short run might not, the good habits might not produce the results you want. However, as you go through this whole idea of the latent potential, the latent plateau, yeah. eventually it's going to bear fruit. But most people can't press through, through the difficulty, through the, um, the, the dryness 
yeah. the, the numbness to get to the breakthrough. We, we talk about that. You know, sin has a way of being so attractive yeah. because it gives instant gratification. Yeah. You know, cut, shortcuts always provide instant gratification. But the problem is that instant gratification turns out to be poison right. later. Whereas, as we said, the, the way the world is wired is the good choices that you make, like the choice to be healthy, the choice to grow stronger, right? The choice to master a subject, whether it's scripture or anything else. Ah, oh, man, those it's hard yeah. to make those daily choices. And you don't, the, the, the principle is you don't see the immediate kickback. And so people, people give up too soon. Yeah, they said, he said here, the results are the lagging are the lagging results of your habits. What you see today is the lagging results. And that lag is what gets people going. You go to the gym one day, two day, three day, four day, a week, maybe even a month. You're not ripped. You're not ripped, but your muscles <laughs> sore and you're tired. You're like, is this doing anything in our lives? Or and sometimes you eat you're that, nauseous because yeah. your body's revolting. All right, and but but then you either don't, uh, man, you get that immediate gratification. And you're like, well, eating that one donut didn't make me feel terrible. Yeah. So you need another one, another one, another one. Well, not really. I had one of those, you know, I'm, I'm taking my son to early morning football. He's got to be there at 6 a.m. Yeah. And uh, that means I'm up to get him there at 6 a.m. And some nights you sleep well and some nights you don't. Sure. And I did. I made the decision, hey, the, 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 the school's here. The YMCA is right across the street. That's a great time to Absolutely. use that hour <laughs> right. to work out. And because my identity is I want to be a healthy person, I want to live long, I want to enjoy my grandkids, and, right. and I want to have a long, fruitful life of ministry, I'm going to go work out. Well, right. it's so easy. The, the short-term gratification right. would have been, I'm going to go back home and jump in bed today. Right. But in my mind, we talked about identity last week, in my mind I said, no, I am a healthy person. And I have a healthy lifestyle. And because even though I don't feel like it right now, yeah. I'm still going to go show up. And that's exactly what I did. Right. I'm building I'm building a good habit one choice at a time. Yeah, and many times we look up to people we aspire to, great faith leaders or great talented, yeah. successful people. And we're like, oh, I want to be where they are. I want to do what they do. But do you want to create the systems, right, or the habits, the daily small that was a, grind that, was a that good, they established to get there. Yeah. yeah, that was a good point you brought out last week, and I think it's worth repeating. You know, your goals are worthless mm -hmm. if you don't have an infrastructure, a system in place to get there that's made up of daily choices yeah. that lead you along that path, that trajectory toward your goal. Many people have the big goal, I'm going to lose 30 pounds they have a rough first week, they yeah. make some bad choices, they eat some bad food, they gain some weight, uh, they look in the mirror, they get discouraged, and then they just quit. They, the goal was good, but they didn't have the system. Yeah, the idea is uh, for sports teams, everybody has a goal to win the championship. But what makes them different, what makes winners and losers is not the goal, it's their system. Goal gives you the direction, their system tells you how to get there. Right. So you and I even talked about how uh, what kind of art, what spiritual system you and I have in place to contribute to who we are today. Yeah. Simple things like, hey, be on church on Sunday or going to life group consistently or studying reading reading your Bible, Bible tithing, praying, tithing finances. praying consistently. You know, we pray at dinner time, lunchtime, we pray before bed with my family. And you know, that's just a family prayer. Those right. little These are normal steps, routines. We do it without even like, we're, we're, we're not asking ourselves a question, are we doing that tonight? We're just doing it. Right, you know? because it's been a pattern that has been choices made over yep. and over, week after week, yep. and then it becomes part of who you are. My kids are like, hey, we haven't prayed yet. We shouldn't eat. I'm like, oh, I forgot. Daddy's a little more hungry than normal. <laughs> but you're right. We need to pray. But those are the things that seem, 
they're they're not crazy sexy big events. They're just subtle little things that you do consistently over and over again to lead you to the breakthrough. And one day, we'll talk about the latency potential, one day you get your breakthrough, but that breakthrough didn't come from that one day's effort. It came from all those years yeah. of small little steps you take. we talk about you know, the person that makes the bad financial choices. Yeah. They, they spend more this month than they brought in, yeah. and then they do it again the next month. Well, the credit card's great, and you're, you're enjoying <laughs> everything that you just yeah. purchased, the problem is your your trajectory is leading you towards bankruptcy right. and less freedom. You know, that's the other thing that, that many times people, when they think of structure or systems, they think it's a loss of liberty. But actually, this is the pathway to liberty because when you establish good choices, which lead to good habits that are formed in good systems, it gives you good outcomes and it gives you the freedom to actually enjoy your life instead of losing your life because of all these bad little choices that didn't seem to really have an impact at the time. You know, yeah. it's like the man that we talked about last week, the man that gets that quick burst of that high through looking at pornography, and then it becomes addictive, and then he acts on that, and then he ends up blowing up his marriage and family. It seems so small with that first little click when he was in the secret place, right? Yeah. But that little click became another choice, which led to another choice, which led to another choice, and before you know it now, he's got this horrific habit of lust and perversion that's that's eventually going to take right. him and everybody else around him down. Yeah, and we all we all, we understand the power of compounding. Like if you put your money into the investment bank, whatever, and it's compound interest, the power of compound interest is incredible. I think uh, Albert Einstein said the most powerful force in the world is compound interest. Yeah, but you don't see it after a year, no, or even you, after two yeah, years. Yeah, you got to wait for the longevity. But time is, if you're compounding your financial, your money in interest, time is your best ally. It's the same thing with good habits. If you have good habits, time is your ally. If you have bad habits, time is your enemy because sure. you're compounded the other way. That's right. It, but it's, but those are small little choices you make. So again. I think our goal last time to help us focus on the small habits for for us to have a sense of awareness to look at what we do on a daily basis yeah. and what kind of habits we have. Right. So. If this is your goal, your identity, this is who you want to be, what you want to become, yeah. then are the daily choices that you're Aligning making up. leading you to, in that direction or are right. they leading you in the opposite direction? Absolutely. And that's so. you got to be aware of those. Absolutely. And and you know, and since we've been talking since I've been reading this book, uh, you and I've been establishing a couple <laughs> new habits. I'm yeah. trying out some of these concepts in these books, you know, cuz I got to see if they work, right? So, so where are you being stretched these days, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually working on one current habit I've been working on for years and years and I kept Failing, kept failing, but this time I'm trying a new strategy. And this habit is the habit of stretching. Oh, oh I hate, you know, in high school and college, <laughs> I started lifting weights. You know, lifting weights is like the glamour muscle, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, you're yeah. in college, you want to look good with the ladies, so get you lift weights, get the guns out, right? Now I'm 40, I got three little ones. <laughs> I don't care about the glamour muscle. I want to be able to move my back. I want to be able to not get injured when my kids jump on me, you know? So hence stretching well, the hamstring. And, and you and I were laughing because you, you brought up stretching and I, I I started cracking up because I told you that what I did today when I worked out was I didn't lift any weight to try to build muscle. I spent the day walking or my workout walking yep. and then doing the same thing, stretching. Why is it that stretching is so painful and so unfun? Right. But, but again, I, I keep thinking, okay, I'm a decade ahead of you, uh, actually more than that, two, de two decades probably closer ahead of you. Uh, and uh, 
it gets harder to move around. I don't, I'm looking at people that are getting in their senior years and they can hardly bend over. Or they're all yeah. stiff. And, and I'm like, you know what? Probably the most valuable thing I can do in my life is to fight to remain flexible yeah. so that I can enjoy my grandkids yeah. and I can, I can lead a long and productive life. So I'm realizing like you, I've got to begin to get more limber uh, so that I don't have a fall or break something yeah. or whatever, pull a muscle or whatever. Uh, so that's a new habit I'm trying to develop right now at this season of my life. You know, as well. We're trying to be more flexible, which is one of the most painful workouts. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? But what I did in the past, I would like go on these crazy stretching routines, and after right. a couple of days, I would hit that latent potential wall. I'm like, it's not doing anything. But what I'm doing right now is um, before bed. I would stretch each leg. I got these bands that mm -hmm. Sean bought me. I, I would just kind of pull my hamstring. Yeah. And I would stretch for less than three minutes. And I don't get a crazy stretch, stretch, but I'm just trying to ingrain that habit into my brain. Okay, so yeah, so this is a really good point. Because we shared last week, it's not, the, it's not the goal that's important. It's not even setting the goal. It's the little actions, not the stated goal, but the little actions that create the habit. So yeah. what you're saying is you're not going to try doing an hour-long, in-depth I can't body. keep that up. I, I'm right. not going to be able to consistently do that but, every day. But, right. but you are going to consistently yes. stretch your hamstrings, even if it's just a little, before just a little you go to bed. Three minutes. Three minutes or less, okay? Until it becomes just your, like, just brush my teeth, it, stretch yep. my hamstrings. Exactly. That's what I'm going to Now, when I lay down in bed, I get my bands, now, stretch now you, my now, hamstrings. Do you have your bands hidden somewhere where no, you can't? No, no. It's right there ah, next to my bed, so I see it clearly. There's the bands. I grab it. And, you know, I've been doing it for about two weeks now. I only missed one time. I just forgot that one day. Um, but if I remember, which it's hard to not, hard to And let's talk remember. about that. Yeah. So. So we are going to have days when we just forget. Yeah, yeah. That's not the unforgivable sin. <laughs> um, the here. problem is yeah. multiple days, consecutive days, because now you don't stretch for the second day or you don't stretch for the third day. Now you're creating okay, a habit in the opposite ha Absolutely. Jim Clear says if you miss one day, it's not a big deal. Just don't miss two. Yeah. And that's the thing is get, get back on it. So I've been trying to do this and – Again, consistently, I have never stretched this many days that time, but but I do it in small increments. Three minutes, I'm just trying to build the identity in me. I'm not trying to be Mr. Flexible, Mr. Split, and whatever. That's right. not even my goal. My You're not going to be doing splits <laughs> right. by the end of the year. <laughs> That's not my goal. My identity I'm focusing on is I want to be a dad who at 50 or 60, I can still play ball with my kids and grandkids. I want to be that dad. So that's my, that's the identity. What would that person do? That guy will stretch. I mean, yeah, here's the beauty of it. Three minutes a night yep. at this point, which probably will increase because you'll feel better. You'll gain more flexibility. Doesn't seem glamorous now, but when you're 60, and you're able to move with freedom, yeah. and you're picking up your grandkids over your head, that's that latent potential again that we saw that, that's not real sexy. Yeah. But after two decades of that, you know, yeah. uh, then you're reaping some serious results. Absolutely. So I'm I'm doing an experiment for you guys. Tell you if it works or not. I'm telling you right now, I'm hitting latent potential because I don't feel like I'm getting any more flexible. <laughs> I don't so, feel it. So we give you permission if you see us on a regular basis. Say, how's that oh, stretching yeah. coming along? Like, now, yeah, my plan like, is yeah. I, I'm going to work out on Monday yeah. with a certain muscle group. I'm going to stretch on Tuesday. I'm going to work out on Wednesday. I'm going to stretch on Thursday. Yeah. Work out on Friday. And then go, start it all over. So, so two days a week, I'm planning on 
Those are stretch days. You heard it on the air. <laughs> ask him, keep him accountable yeah. with that. And <laughs> the reason we talk about accountability, this is another point yeah. he brought out, yeah. is you know you want to you want to layer your habits on top of each other. So, for instance, maybe you have a hard time working out. You're going to set your workout shoes, your shorts, your T-shirt. You're going to lay that at the foot of your bed on your way into the bathroom every night before you go to bed, because when you wake up and start your day, there's your workout outfit, all right? And then yeah. the next habit you're gonna have is you're gonna put your shoes on. Yeah. And the next habit you're gonna have is you're going to drive to the health club, even if you are if you don't have a great workout, but you're going to be present. And the, uh, the other habit he said that you might wanna compound is accountability. Like if yeah. I know you're going to be there at 7 a.m., then I have healthy peer pressure that says, you know what? I, uh, I I need to get out of this bed, even though I'm not feeling it right now, uh, because Andrew's going to be there, and I don't want to let Andrew down. Absolutely. Now, we're going to talk about this maybe a little bit later. He, but James Clear talks about the four laws of establishing good habits. Make it obvious, make it attractive, uh, make it easy, and make it satisfying. I'm not going to go into all those details, but but those are the things, yeah. principles. You, you, yeah, you, some you great ta- stuff. You, you tap into, absolutely. I mean, having – now, I worked out with – uh, Sean, who lives with me, with me. Yeah. I mean, there's no way I'm going to do that level of intensity of a workout, that consistency of a workout, if I don't have people to work out with me. Yeah. But again, the key is not is not craziness or sexiness or do something right. you can show off on Instagram. We're in the Instagram, Facebook culture, which we want to show people crazy things. No, the key is the consistency you see when no one's watching. Consistency. This applies yeah. to your health. This applies to your spiritual life. This applies to your marriage. You know, yeah, I took my out, my my wife out to to Cabo or whatever from crazy, whatever. But are you on a day-to-day basis loving her, treating her with kindness, you know? Yeah. And you know this. Yeah. From experience, it's not the big honeymoon or big date night that that uh, that makes your marriage great. Those those you know those are the fireworks. It's it's those little choices every day to help your wife, to be kind to your yeah. wife, to speak gently do to your di- wife, do dishes for her, clean love up, love her, encourage care, her, yes. care, care for care for her needs. When when you make those little choices over and over right. and over again, then that makes the date night the second honeymoon all the more special absolutely uh, because it's not you're not trying to create something in a moment that wasn't there you're you're building on a lifetime of great decisions when you focus on just these big goals it becomes a temporary result but when you focus on the small consistent changes habits it becomes a lifestyle change and i know even in in the ministry you know there's all kinds of stuff that needs to be done when we're at our best is when we're saying you know what can we do this month Mm -hmm that will move the ministry forward. And then you get that done. And then when you experience success and the satisfaction of that, and then you say, okay, this next month, let's focus on this. Well, I've learned that over the course of a year, if you do that just in 12 months goals and you accomplish those, You have had, you've got great momentum and you've accomplished a lot. And And if you do that as a lifestyle, I think that's his point. You look for those little tiny, incremental choices that you can make to improve 
that they don't seem so big at the moment, but man, over the course of a year, it's huge. Right. So, so I mean, that's a great point because that consistency is huge because we focus on the big things. A lot of times we feel uh, we feel like we're trapped. There's nothing we can do in our lives. There's, there's no ch- we have no choice, no changes. And what what James Clear is saying is yes, there's tons of little choices you can make that you seem like it's not going to do anything, but they will make a huge change. Can I share that story with, with oh, the yeah. biking team? Absolutely. Uh, he shared the story with the British cycling team. I, I'm not super familiar with it, but they were like the worst. They were, they were such a bad team. The bikes don't want them to ride their bikes because yeah, they, they never were, got any gold medals. They didn't win anything. Yeah, the, the world championships. The, the right. British team never, never, you know, was in the medal round yeah. or anything. Can you imagine you're the official national team and the the bike company says, "Please don't ride our bikes <laughs> yeah. because I, we don't want you <laughs> yeah. to, to see." We don't want bike. to be associated with with right. your uh, cycling team. <laughs> right, that's bad. Right, that's bad. But they hired this new guy. I forgot his name. His new coach, and what he focuses on is growing one percent incrementally on random little stuff. Yeah. Okay, like like uh, measuring how well they slept at night yeah. and getting them better pillows or better better they, beds. They got a surgeon to come and teach them how to wash their hands. Uh, so that they won't get sick as much. Yeah. They painted the trucks white so they can sk- sk- more clearly see there's dust, so they can get rid of the dust in their right. equipment. Healthy environment. Healthy environment. They uh they changed their uh the the massage oil. They figure out what's what's a better massage. Oil. I mean, just these little seemingly little things. The goal was to 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 take better care of the cyclist himself, mm-hmm. and then make better incremental changes in training and those types of things. But they, they layer these changes. These change, they didn't just change one thing and they gave up. They consistently did those things bit by bit. And in no time, they were destroying the competition. Yeah, they they won, were winning gold medals. Won and gold medals in the London Olympics. Tour de France. Yeah, they won Tour de France. So again, when you feel like you don't have a choice, when you feel like you're not growing, you have a choice. You got to push through the latent potential. You got to focus on the small things. Don't focus on the big things and post on social media and show everyone whatever. No, yeah. those don't impress people. Look, do go, go for the little change that God sees that you're doing consistently that no one needs to see. Because when you're promoted, then then, then the Lord will allow everyone to see. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Amen. So, so get amen. get away from the flash and get on the, the day-to-day Consistency grind. Consistency grind. Amen. That's to me the maturity. Amen. So so I wanted to I if if you all hadn't seen a couple of weeks back, we did a series called Squeeze. And uh and it was de- how do we deal with the pressures of life? And and we know a lot of people are dealing with that right now. And sometimes honestly, when you're when you're feeling stressed, you you develop bad habits. Um, people people develop bad habits to deal with their stress, but you can also develop good habits to deal with your stress. And the last series, uh, or the last sermon in this series, it was a four part series. Pastor Andrew preached uh, called uh, "Dealing with Anx- Victory Over Anxiety." Victory over anxiety, and you you use such a powerful uh, visual in that you had a, um, a scale. scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, if you put a bunch of weight on one side of the scale, it does one of these things, and and that's what you did. You 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 had the scale uh, up like this and weighted down on one side, and you talked about a principle, and, and I thought this was so beautiful. You took a principle from this book, but you brought it through the lens of scripture, and you showed people how righteousness, how godliness is formed by the daily choices that we make. And he mm-hmm. uh, he uses the phrase, uh, b- basically casting a vote yeah. for your new identity. Yeah. 
and talk about that because and, and I want to encourage you all. This was this is on our media page on our on Living Stones Facebook, lstones.org. You can go back and and look at that series or the the message that Andrew it's preached. On YouTube, yeah, YouTube it's and our YouTube, YouTube channel, yeah, channel as well. But it'd be worth your time because it was it was such an aha moment, and I yeah. know I've seen this. Uh, you know, from preaching as you do, that that sometimes when you say something that hits somebody so powerfully, the reaction is just, you know, vocal and cheering and clapping, and and that's what happened. I mean, literally, people saw the power of the principle that you were teaching. So, so yeah. talk about that principle from James Clear, and then how you applied it. it was yeah. So, so uh, the the idea is that there's three types of changes that happens. The first type of change is the outcome change, or it's it's a results driven change. It's what happens on the outside. For example, if you lose ten pounds, you make a million dollars, you win the championship. Those right. are the results. So sales goals, weight sales loss goals, goals yes. whatever, and you reach the goal. That's right. an outcome. That's outcome. what you get. Yeah. Okay. And then there is the process change, and process change is what you do. For example, that's what the systems we're talking about. Right. Going to the gym three times a week, stretching every night, stretching every night. You order a salad. You save for retirement, you practice in the morning, whatever. And then you have the identity change, which is the most internal change. It's the change of your worldview, how you view yourself, um, basic assumptions. It's basically what you believe. Okay? What you believe about who you are. About who you are. And, and a lot of times when we focus on changing, we focus on external change. We talk about the goals. Right. But he's saying these external change are not very effective at causing long-term habitual change. So, for instance, mm-hmm. happens every year, especially at, at a new year. Mm-hmm. Everybody's coming off the holidays. We've all had too many sweets. We've eaten. We had <laughs> second helpings, yeah. right? Uh, we've eaten too much rich, greasy food, whatever. And everybody says, I'm going to lose weight. So the yeah. goal is I want to lose 30 pounds. Yeah. They lose the 30 pounds. And then in a matter of months, sometimes they've gained 40 pounds right. back. Right. What's the problem there? Well, they're, they're focusing on this external change. So, so the goal, they, they had the goal. Yeah. The process worked because yeah. it got them to the goal. Sure. But the identity hasn't changed. The identity. Who really are, they are inside has an identity hasn't changed. And what James Clear is saying, which I agree with because I believe it's scriptural, is that God motivates us and changes us on the basis of our identity first. And out of that new identity, out of that internal change comes naturally the external change. In fact, if we just change externally and have no relational internal change, we call that legalism. Right. But with an internal change, we don't have we don't need legalism to have to 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 act out what we do because that becomes who we are. We're not doing it because of pressure or compulsion. We're just doing it because that's who we are. Right. And so that to me is now a this, spiritual this is liberating and freeing as huge. Yeah. I, I don't want people to miss this. If your focus on change is from out external pressure, sometimes when that external pressure gets relieved, mm-hmm. you end up going back to the to your old identity. Yeah. So we don't want to be living a Pharisee kind of existence where we're trying to live up to an external code. Yeah. We want to love the Lord out of our hearts. You know, if you want to, if you if you want to be healthy, the desire to be healthy is is greater than the desire to lose thirty pounds so I can fit into my dress or fit into my slacks right. or whatever. I want to look good. I want to impress a girl. That's why I want yeah. to do this. That's the external change. That's not internal change. So you the know, girl dumps you, and then right. how do you You're solve like, what's your the problems? Yeah. You go out and eat back. a pizza. Right. Whereas the internal change says, I want to be someone who's healthy. Yeah. And out of the health comes me. Working out. So a lot of times we focus again on the shortcut. We want external things. 
versus the long-term growth, which is the internal change. And I think this affects us as parents. You know, I want to make sure, I have young kids, I want to make sure that they, they, they do good things and they go to church and they serve each other, they love each other, not because the pressure of the parents and you're a Christian, you're supposed <laughs> right. to be good, that they actually have a genuine relationship with the Lord. So there's an internal identity change and out of that identity change, yeah. they go to church. That's yeah. completely different than right. being pressured. You don't go to church because you're a religious person and if you don't right. go to church, you're going to go to hell. Right. No, you go to church because you love being there. You love right. Jesus. You love God's people. Right. You couldn't think of a better place to be because it's coming right. from right. the inside. Not now, the when inside. they're young, you have to enforce some system to help them kind of get there right. and get that. But as they get older, there needs to be that taking on of that new identity. So I have some examples here. I think it's pretty important. For example, if, some, if you're trying to quit smoking, okay? Yep. Very practical example. Yep. When people offer you a cigarette, instead of saying, I don't smoke anymore, because that's focusing on what you do, that process. Focusing on the behavior. Behavior. Yep. You say, I am not a smoker. Okay. Even though you still feel the urge, right. but you confessing that new identity to yourself. I am not a smoker is right. an identity issue. It's saying that's not who I am, therefore that's not what I do. Right. Instead right. of, I'm going to try not to do that, but right. I really am a smoker. I smoked all my life, and I, in fact, I really enjoy smoking. <laughs> right. Um, right. Lots of luck saying right. no, because your no is only going to come forth when you're especially strong but when you're weak you're going to be back smoking two packs a day he, he gave a great example of a of a entrepreneur who chew his nails okay can't yeah. stop chewing his nails and one day this guy he went to get a manicure um in other words he made an investment he in made an investment in but but what happened was that um the the person who did his nails whatever complimented on how nice his hand looked and from then on, he never chews nails again because tied into somewhat into his identity is that his hands is good looking. I mean, I don't, I don't really get it, but but somehow well, gnarly chewed up nails. Right, and he took pride in how pretty his hands were or something, but that internalized into who he was. Now he can naturally not chew his nail. And I just thought that's a powerful example of what we take This wasn't even in. a Christian principle or power no, of the Holy this Spirit. Is just a, this is just a shift that I don't shift. want to be a nail biter. Right. Someone complimented my hands. He made an investment in right. his hands to, uh, to get them taken care of, and something shifted in him to he where he said- Internalized that into who he I is. I have nice- right. Nails, and I want to keep them that way. So I, I got some other example here. I said, hey, don't run a marathon. Be a runner, okay? Don't read a book. Be a reader. I got some spiritual one here I thought was really good. I wish someone taught me this when I was younger. <laughs> it says, don't pray. Be someone who loves to talk to God, yeah. who just knows God, wants to hear his heart, right. wants to pursue his passion. Right. So don't just be like, well, it's time I got to pray. My pastor said I got to pray, so I'm going to go pray. No, be someone who loves hearing the voice of God. Don't act holy. Okay, be someone who is set apart for God's purpose. And you and I recognize the power of that, right? Oh, Versus yeah. legalism, just I can't do this, I can't do this, do, do this. No, I'm set apart. I get to not do this because God has a special purpose for me. I mean, yeah. how much more powerful and, is that? And, and the identity that God gives me is so much more precious. And so I, I used to share this with teenagers when I was a youth pastor. It's not that you can't do certain things because you're a Christian. It's that we shouldn't desire to do certain things because God offers us greater pleasure, yeah. greater identity, greater satisfaction. Right. It's never giving up something for less. In the kingdom of God, it's always right. saying no to something right. 
for more. Right, absolutely. Uh, and that more is your identity and the joy and the pleasure and the satisfaction. To It's internal, it's not external. Right. And that's a big shift for, for most people, absolutely. especially young people. Absolutely. Because everything's, no, you can't do that, you're a Christian. You <laughs> right, know? right. Um, that's what the, but that's all behavior modification. Yeah, we don't want to be here with my phone. We want identity change. Yeah. Uh, don't be, uh, don't just share the gospel. That sounds, I can't believe I'm saying that. But be the ambassador of God. Internalize that you are God's representative. I know I should share my faith. I'm yeah, good. it's like yeah, I feel guilty. Right. You know? No, be an ambassador of God, so you just naturally flows out of you. That's good. Um, don't act loving or kind. Be instead the son or the daughter of the Most High. So sure. when you your father loves you and pour, you know he you're intimate with him. You naturally pour out the love. That's good. Into, so these are identity changes that sh- the shifts. Well, we talk you about are. you know the whole orphan spirit. I know yeah. this has been a big life message yep. for you. You know, you are a son of the Most High God. You're a brother or sister of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're a joint heir with Christ. You're adopted into his family. You share the privileges and the joys of being in the Lord's family and and being loved and being accepted and all these amazing truths that sometimes are out there and we're trying to get them in here. And, And But this doesn't happen again like in an instant. This happens, again, by making a choice to meditate on those, to believe that about you, to see yourself. I'm a son of God. I, I tell myself, you know what? You're a man of God. Act like it. Yeah, that's you good. Know? Um, I'm a healthy person. Eat like it. Uh, you know, right. uh, I'm a kind person. Go love somebody. Right. Right. I'm a great dad, so be kind to your kids. That's Don't right. get upset over I'm little a, things. I'm a faithful husband, yeah. so go treat your right. wife that way. Well, how about this? God is my provider. I'm a son. God has all my needs taken care of, so I can go and be generous Amen. for other people. Even mm-hmm. though I, I might not see in my bank account, I can be generous because I trust the Lord. Yes. I mean, that identity has changed so much. So so we, we address the difference between behavior change, process change, identity change, and we, we establish that identity change is the most powerful impact. So, so and I don't want to leave people hanging here yeah. on this podcast, but you had that scale. Mm-hmm. And and talk us through that right. again because it was such a powerful thing because it right. really combines what we talked about with that whole latent uh, right. potential thing. Because right. the, you know, you, you ended up make, making a vote. Talk about the – define right. that first of all. What does it mean making a vote? Right. So, so the idea is your identity is not fixed. You get to actually modify your identity. So this is where we talk about empowerment because you get to choose. You get to actually choose. You're you not a victim. It's you're just not a victim. No, nope. I am. You absolutely, especially you're, if you're if you're born again, you get to choose the identity that aligns with who God sees you, or you can choose not to be so. But when you choose to align with God, how God sees you, His identity, to some of these things I mentioned, then every day you get to vote whether to be in that identity or not in that identity. So I like this. So uh-huh. when, we're, when we're trying to win an election, yeah. You don't need 100% of the votes to win. You just need a majority. And so the idea was, you know, we're trying to make good choices. We don't always make good choices. I mean, let's say we're trying to break a habit of bad eating. Mm -hmm. Well, I did great on Monday. So you you had a quarter or a coin. You cast a vote for yourself. I made good choices for the I'm a healthy person. Right. And you put that in the scale. But guess what? The scale was still tilted because we made so many so bad many choices. So many bad choices, right. And that's our old identity, which is more fixed than our new identity. Right. But what you were saying is, okay, so the next day I make a, another good choice. Bing, drop a quarter in. But the next day you make a bad choice. Okay, put it in that you made a vote for the old right. you. The, you're not going to instantly see this radical change because you're going to have to keep making choices. You know, the Bible uses the principle of sowing and reaping. Yeah. Many so, times yeah, we have good. sown to the old Andrew or to the old Ron, 
yeah. for 30 years before we came to know Christ. Absolutely. So that's 30 years of casting a vote there, for the there, old age. There's Andrew. weight to that. There's, there's, a, there's a consequence to that. Yeah, yeah. you're going to, you, you reap that. There's, there's weeds that. you got to pull out. Right, right. But the sooner you can start casting that vote for the new Andrew, yeah. you start investing in the new you. You don't see the scale till in, no. initially, but there was a powerful moment. Well, because the latent potential, right? right? You keep sowing to the new one, and that scale doesn't tip until... Uh, one side outweighs the other. But when you're so into the new you and you're so into this new identity that you want to have, casting a vote, casting a vote over and over again, for, for the longest time, you don't see any results until one day that last quarter that outweighs the other side falls. And boy, when you put that quarter in, yeah. instantly that thing just went choo. And I think when people saw that, it was like, wow. Because we can all relate to this, you know? Man, I make choices, it's hard. I'm making a choice, I wanna be this person, that's my new identity, I want that identity, but this has been my old identity. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, boom, your your new identity in Christ right. becomes greater, yeah. stronger. You know, I, I, this is an old illustration that they use for discipleship. They say, you know, imagine a black dog and a white dog, uh, both fed the same, both uh, same breed, Mm-hmm. Both same strength, same size, both same pedigree, you know, come from a good line. Mm-hmm. How do you determine which dog wins? Mm-hmm. The dog that you feed the most, mm-hmm. the dog that you take care of the most. Mm-hmm. In this illustration, the dog that you cast the most votes Absolutely. for. Uh, and so we talk about our old identity, our new identity. If you keep feeding your old identity, uh, feed the dark side of you, yeah. so to speak, you end up... Uh, that, that dog's stronger. When you feed the new identity, the purity, the righteousness, and guess what? That identity becomes stronger. And when that identity wins, that's when you begin to move into some great stuff, great breakthroughs. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of times you won't see the result until that last quarter. Yep. And that's the key is don't give up. You keep voting for the right person. Again, when you vote, it's not because of your feelings. Because I, I mentioned in my sermon, many times I don't identify with the new identity as much. I feel like the old guy. I have the emotions of the old guy. I sympathize with the old yeah. guy. But I'm making a conscious choice. We're talking about choices here. I get to, with faith, choose this new identity over and over again. And that's the power of habits yeah. because I get to make a system to help me become this new identity. Yeah. So, And I love it because as you start casting a vote for that new you, mm-hmm. now imagine this, this side of the scale piled up with great choices. Yeah. The old, the old you is still there. You know, the Bible right. talks about us having to deal with our old nature and, until Jesus comes. Yeah. The old you is still barking in the background. But that new you, it literally becomes a stronghold. Yeah. Um, and, and like we said, some of these things that are identity-based become second nature to us. Yeah, it becomes a real habit. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, Pastor, talk about your system for reading. Mm-hmm. I don't have one. It's <laughs> right. my life. Yeah. I, I look yeah. for opportunities to read. I, I go to a, I, I read this book uh, uh, at a baseball game. Yeah. In between innings. Yeah. Because I spent a lot of time cheering my kids on in sports, and I, and I read between innings uh, when nothing's going on. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my point is simply that's become a part. I'm a learner. I'm a leader. I'm a feeder of other people. I'm a shepherd. I know that I can't do any of those well if I'm not constantly reading, growing, learning myself. And so that's just become part of my identity. Yeah, it's interesting, though. Know, Jesus compared faith to a mustard seed, right? Mm-hmm. But in a different parable, he talks about, he says, if you have faith of mustard seed, you can tell a mountain, they'll move. 
But in a different parable, he talked about how mustard seed is the smallest seed. Yeah. And you plant it and it becomes the largest garden plant. And, yeah. and different birds and come high on, uh, find shelter under this tree. And I just thought the importance of growing our faith. And this is the concept of growing our faith is through just walking it out one boat at a time, one habit at a time, yeah. one concept at a time it's to walk into these ideas. So, so I said, I want to be a son. I know I, I've been an orphan my whole life. I act like a slave my whole life. I want to, I want to be a son. I don't feel like a son. I don't even know how to be like a son, mm -hmm. but let me walk out these habits day by day, vote every day for this new identity. Through faith, I will get there. Even though I don't feel it for maybe months or even years, yeah. but one day I trust my deliverance is gonna come. That's what it looks like practically. So this is good. So, so the person that says, I wanna run in a marathon. Yeah. Um, well, that's a goal, but their identity is, I wanna be a runner. Yeah. I wanna be somebody that, that incorporates running as part of my lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, and so they cast a vote Today, what would, what would be an example of that person casting a vote? They're not going to go out and run 26.2 miles. Yeah. What, what's, how do they cast a vote? Kind of like what you said is, hey, how about just putting on your tennis shoes and go walk around the block? Just start yeah. with that. That's yeah. what they would do. Stretch. Yeah, stretch, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And do it again. Yeah. Do it again. And, and here's the beauty of that. You know, when, when you walk around the block, at, at first you're winded, you're tired, whatever. But after you do that for a given period of time, you're like, I feel pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then you expand and you cast a vote at the next level up and the next level up and you keep casting votes. And before you know it, guess what? You're running in the marathon yeah. and you're achieving something you never thought you could. Not because the goal was the marathon, but no. because the goal was I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to be a runner. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, for identity I'm going to build this into my life. Consistency, identity change. So, so again, I, I think the message is so empowering. I want to share this again with you is you get to choose your identity. I mean, you could be saved and you can choose, you can choose to be a victim. You can choose to be a sinner. You can choose to be a pervert. You can choose to be depressed. You can choose to be guilty and condemned. Yeah, addicted, and by, by those habits that you incorporate in your life. But Christ has given us an opportunity, an invitation to choose the identity and how he sees us. Yeah. And we're not creating our own identities. No. We're, we're, we're stepping into the identity that God has for us. And I just want to even go back to the most basic thing. You are a, a male. Mm -hmm. you're a man mm -hmm. that's how god made you that's your gender you know yeah. we're dealing with so much gender confusion today i'm just confused. no no cast a vote for who god made yeah, you to be good. keep casting a vote you know I, I remember a time when i was younger um when i when i was just i, I would be angry i'd have a short fuse i was stressed out i was mm -hmm. i was you know uh wired all right and i i saw the damage it was doing to my wife i saw the damage it was doing to my kids now, the goal could have been anger management, right? I need to manage my <laughs> right. anger. Better. That's the only external. But that's all external. Yeah, yeah. and that that goes away when the when the wrong conditions are around me. Yeah, all right, or the wrong triggers. What I wanted to be, I wanted to be a man of peace. I wanted to be a man of joy. I wanted my kids, you know, when I'm dead and gone, I want them to think my dad was a blast. Mm -hmm. I have so that's many good. great memories being with my dad. That's good. And I remember weeping on the floor in my basement, crying out to God, saying, God, I want to be a person known for joy. Yeah, that's good. And so I started with a new identity, not just dealing with the fallout of my bad behavior, right. but I wanted to be like the Lord. And I wanted it for the right reasons. That's and good. you know what? 
God began to change my heart along the process, and I began to live out that identity. I don't, I, I don't always cast votes for that guy. Yeah. Sometimes I'm impatient or I'm angry or whatever. But you're on a trajectory. But, but my trajectory is one of joy. And I, I love that you mentioned that because you know I have some practical steps I, I thought we could do here. Um, the first step is decide who you want to be, decide your identity, and there are different levels to it. There is the general statement like. We are sons and daughters of God. We are ambassadors of Christ. We're a new creation. I mean, I, all those are, yes. I've heard this said, maybe it's yeah. a little bit different language, yeah. but like, what are your core values? Like, yeah. who are you? Yeah. You know, I want, I'm a faithful man. I, I, I want to have a great man. I want to be a family man. I want to be a, a married man. I, I want right. to be a, I want to be financially successful. I want to be faithful with my resources. Well, I, you know, and, there's a lot of core values we can come up with. And that's why I think it's important to identify. Like when my wife and I, when we got married, uh, she designed a family crest that has our family identity ingrained in that. And when you, when I look at that crest, I'm like, okay, we're going to create habits based on that crest, you know? Right. So, so people that are listening, I mean, yeah. you're talking literally like a medieval... Yeah, it's a you crest. Know. It's got my name in Chinese, Mong. In the middle, it's got a tree because we want to be a place of hospitality so hosting. There's a lamb. Yeah, there's a sword. There's an eagle because we're, we're supposed to engage the enemy. We're supposed to take adventure. We're supposed to go and venture with God. Like, by nature, my family is very uh, adventure-averse. We're kind of shy, introverted people. Right. But we have a vision statement that we want to be someone who goes on a journey with God. So, so we, you created something yes. literally that you hang on your wall. Hang on your wall. Every time I look at it, I'm like, I remind that's what we do. We have this great tree uh, and we have people shelter underneath it so we design our house to be a place of shelter that people can come live and we can and disciple you've been doing people that. and you we have do people that. in your home all that is strategic we create habits to form the identity i want to be a spiritual so this is this gets to the other part is there's a degree of identity that we can steal from other people like for example i look at bishop i'm like people call him bishop that's your dad, for those who don't know. And we call him Bishop because he pastor over not just people, he pastor over pastors. And he's right. he has a spiritual, a rich spiritual legacy. I look at him, I say, I want a rich spiritual legacy. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? That means I, I want to take people under my wings and truly love them, pour out my life into right. their, with no strings attached. I just want to love people. I look at what you share about your kids, and, and I have the same disposition position as you. I get, I get kind of short with my kids, I get kind of frustrated, angry. Yeah. But I remember hearing your story, I'm, I'm like, I want to steal that from Pastor Ron. I want my kids to know that I'm a happy dad. Yeah. So that becomes part of my identity. So I go around and I look at someone who's working out. I literally steal people's, those good ones, right? Identity theft. Identity theft, right, in the best way possible. <laughs> That's right. No, but this is a good principle because yeah. in the kingdom of God, God doesn't play favorites. No. And I've heard people say, you know, when they're prophesying over people, wow, that was, that was good. How many of you would like, like yeah. that, you know, because again, when it's kingdom stuff, sure. you can reach out and say, Lord, I want that. I, I want to be a great father. I want to be strong in this particular area. Absolutely. I see someone who's very financially savvy and they can be a great source of resource to bless people. I'm like, I want to steal that too. Yeah. So identify those the, the primary identity, which is like who God's called you to be, son, you know, most high, new creation. Forgiving but then there's also a secondary yeah. identity that that I, I said to my wife, I said, hey, who do you really want to be? I know you're a daughter of God, all that stuff. But right. tell me, she's like, well, I want to be artistic. I want to design things. I want to be a good chef. I want to cook. You know, those those fun things, I'm like, write them down. And that's in corporate. That's design this, is a, this is a separate issue, some good marital issue. Yeah. But I love this because as men... Our job is to see our wives 
flourish and bloom and become yeah. the the women that God has called them to be. Many times, as we know, our wives are laying down their lives. They're our wives. They're our helpmates. They're yeah. they're taking care of the children. They're doing all all the daily grind. Yeah. And and they're and they're laying down their lives to be a blessing to us and to our kids. Um, but a wise and a godly man realizes, you know, this beautiful woman that God has given me also has dreams and desires Absolutely. in her heart. And so it's just for you simply to pause and say, Debbie, who are you? What is the dream in your heart? That's yeah. powerful. And and for her to know what it is. Yeah, for her to carefully think about it. And I said, that's design, habits in our lives to cultivate that, to speak that's that good. into your life. Be intentional. I, I create I love a the budget. Way. I create a budget. <laughs> Come on, now we're getting really to help, to, to contribute to that. Seriously, no joke. Yeah. You know, so um, I'm taking this very seriously, but I, I truly believe that you can pick your identity in many ways, in a godly way. Right. Isn't that powerful? It's very so, powerful. I yeah. mean, like you say, much of it is, is a gift from the Lord, but then what we we do with it what are those passion areas strengths what are the things we want to excel yeah. in and i love this because it piggybacks with our previous talks on mindset yeah that you know what isn't it exciting like you you picked up uh photography mm-hmm. uh you, you you wanted to grow in that particular area it's like the sky's the limit yeah you know we're made in the image and likeness of god what do you want to be good at what do you want to learn what do you want to grow in yeah man who, who do you want to be yeah. literally we can we can uh grow in so many areas and become people that we never imagined we could be. Absolutely. We're not Absolutely. stuck. We're not hitting right. the ceiling. You know, and, and I think this atomic habits, the whole point of this is this is the 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 mechanism. This is the structure. This is the the practicality parts of how we move into that identity. That's so important. You can have that identity, but yeah. not know how to get there. This, The purpose of this discussion today is to help us get there. Absolutely. And then he gave us a lot of other just small details. Yeah, talk about environment because, yeah. you know, he, he talked about cues and he gave a great example of um, a hospital, you know, <laughs> yeah. wanting the staff to be healthier. Right. The problem was in the cafeteria, there was a lot of choices that weren't healthy choices. Right. Uh, and so they put water at a lot of different places, more prominent, more out in the open. And they found that people started choosing drinking, to drink water drink more. Water more and their healthcare costs actually went down. So the idea is, is the truly disciplined people aren't exercising self-control and discipline. They're in the middle of conflict. They're exercising self-control and discipline to create an environment in which they don't uh-huh. have to, create, to to fight that. So what you're trying to yeah. tell us is yeah. if you had a drinking problem yeah. and now you've come to know the Lord, right. you probably don't want to go out to your favorite bar because there's really good hamburgers there. <laughs> right? I right. mean, you right. might not be going there to go back to your old ways, right? That You're going there because they right. got a good hamburger. But the cues all around you remind you of your old yep. lifestyle yep. and basically set you up right. for success. So self, I mean, for failure at that point. Right. So self-discipline is not going to the bar and resisting alcohol over and over and over again. And eventually you fail and you're like relapsing. Self-discipline is saying, you know what? I don't even want to go to that environment. I'm going to create a new environment in which I won't even see that cue to get me going. You know. So say say you're wanting to um, develop uh, your lifestyle is now I am a healthy person. Yeah. So the best way to eat healthy is not to buy junk food and not to have it in your house. <laughs> right, right. I mean, when you got big sacks of potato chips right. and Twinkies and, yep. you know, ice yep. cream and everything right. else, then when you're you, you're in that moment, oh, oh, ice cream. You weren't even thinking right. about ice cream, but you open up the freezer, there's ice cream. So what do you do? You eat ice cream. Right. 
Um, so if you're serious about developing a healthy lifestyle, then you just don't buy ice cream right. or, or it's a treat. You know, you, you, right. you make it those special times. So the, so the self-control is not when the chip is in your hand and you're like, <laughs> ah, that's not where self-control kicks in. Self-control kicks in when you're going to the grocery store and there's a chip aisle. You said, no, I'm going to go to the next aisle. Yeah. And that's the power of environment. And, and you can't talk about environment without talking about relationships. The people you are around with. James Clear actually goes into like specifically how people affect you. And I thought, I'm not going to get into all that. But we've been yeah. talking about that for years. We talked about life-giving yes. relationships. And, yes. and negative. Just, you know, we talked about the people that disqualified the yep. Israel from moving yep. into the promised land. Yep. Cynical yep. people. Yep. Uh, uh, fearful people. Yep. Yep. Uh, lazy people, negative people, you know, yeah. uh, there's no doubt that who we put ourselves around. So, so in, for instance, it, you want to be healthy. Yep. You go to the club with people who have developed already a healthy lifestyle in terms of fitness. Yeah. Or and, want to. Yeah. And, yeah. And then they actually reinforce the identity that you're trying to vote for every single day. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to be around spiritual people, make sure you want to be more spiritual, be around spiritual people. You want to be with successful people. You want to be successful, be around successful people. Right. That relationship circle is so important. And these are the, as he mentions, the environmental cues, you know, and he gives a powerful example. You're saying back in, uh, during um, the Vietnam war, mm -hmm. uh, many of our troops uh, were around, you know, of course they're in a battle situation, incredibly stressful, uh, they were in a situation where heroin was everywhere. Many of, the, of their friends were shooting up to cope with the stress. Mm -hmm. And the level of a heroin addiction in, during the Vietnam War was very high. I right. think it gives a percentage, I don't remember. But, but what they found that was amazing was that when you took those soldiers out of that environment with all those cues, mm -hmm. you brought them back to the United States where the heroin wasn't as readily available, right. the stress levels weren't there, their, their peers were not shooting up. Um, I think it was like 2%. Relapse actually went back. Into, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which was shocking to right. me because this wasn't even with Christian intervention or the power of the no. Holy Spirit. This was just change the environment. Environments, right. And how many times do we, you know, do we, do we find people again, you get born again, but you don't change your social network, mm -hmm. your work network maybe. Uh, your what you do in your your free time, you don't adjust any of that. That's why we were saying, you know, coming to church is so powerful. Getting connected in a small group, building a whole new social right. network right. that doesn't center around alcohol or drugs or perversion sure. or negativity, yeah. filling yourself and creating an environment that's completely different, so that you can become that new person that you. Uh, really want to be absolutely and that's what the church is for right yeah. the church is to create an environment if you can't find good group of friends yeah. who love you and care about you that's what the church is for Amen. to create to get that's we, what life groups are yeah. for celebrate yeah. recovery marriage class yeah why we do all this is to create an environment in which you can build new habits yeah. and we, like i've told people this all the time if you would come to this church and you would commit to one year 52 sundays actually less than that with holidays mm -hmm. all right one year of sitting in a in marriage class every week's not going to be ringing your bell no, or whatever no. but you you immerse yourself in an atmosphere where people are talking about how to have great marriages and you do that every week you make you make a choice for your new identity which is i want to have a great marriage yep. i'm going to vote for that every sunday i'm going to vote for that I'm telling you the life change that would happen and the things you would pick up and the and the the impact that that would have on your relationship would blow your mind. You won't see it in January. 
You won't see it all in February. Might have a big burst, big breakthrough in March. Guess what? Then you keep making choices. But by the end of the year, and we've seen this, yeah. sometimes people don't even recognize themselves. They are not the person that they used yeah. to be because they kept voting for the new person yeah. and for the good marriage and yeah. for the healthy family. They, they, they make votes every week. Absolutely. And that environment, being around real people going through the same situations, receiving encouragement, instruction, modeling, all those cues uh, set you up for some great success. Yep, absolutely. And um, yep, so I, we can't say enough about this. I don't know if you have a final yeah, comment on this Yeah, I, I just got one final comment is, you know, in many different ways, the difference between me and somebody else or between any two people is not necessarily their uh, where they were born or their nationality or their background. I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not saying those don't have an impact. Right. But the fundamental part, because I've talked to people who make a lot more money than I have at coming to me asking for financial advice. I'm like, you're asking me. And then I'm, I'm sorting through their books. And I'm like, wow, you guys make a lot more money than I do. But they're coming to me for financial yeah. advice. It's not how much money you make, is your habits. I want you guys to truly understand that's a spiritual principle. Yeah. We have choices. Your habits are based on your choices. This should be such an empowering message. You're not a victim based on your habits. So again, first identify who you wanna be. Identify the identity that God has given you. Align yourself with those identity and create a system of habits to reinforce those identity and you will grow and you are thrive and we are here to help you. That's yeah. basically it. Amen. We at Living Stones are here to help you become a better leader, a better husband, better uh, wife, a uh, better son or daughter and better son of the most, or daughter of the most high God. Amen. Our, our stated objective at Living Stones is to grow people, multiply leaders. So. We are, we are trying as best as we can to model an environment where we have a culture where people love to grow and reach new heights, new levels, new experiences with the Lord, new, you know, understand who they are, their identity, their gifting, yeah. uh, and, and just flourish. And then as we flourish, we want to multiply leaders. We want people to be better. We want people to own it and be able to impart it to others, experience the change personally, and then be able to help others experience the change as well. Absolutely. And when you're in a place where people are growing and God's multiplying your impact and, and other people people that that's a fun environment yeah, absolutely and uh, and yeah. we're gonna and we believe we're gonna see god do exceedingly the bible says abundantly above all we could ask or think because that's the supernatural right. dimension and this stuff we're talking about i've seen it i've seen of the, yeah. the, the the people who we're mentoring we're discipling we see in our own lives we see when our habits change we change and we grow and then we look back in a couple of years we're like wow i can't believe what happens yeah so this stuff works yeah so do yourself a favor make you know and we always tell people to invest in yourself, invest in your growth, invest in your personal growth. And I would encourage you to turn off your television and buy this book and uh, and spend some time. I always go through my books. I underline them. I write notes. Uh, and my, my goal is always, okay, how am I going to take something from here and begin to implement it into my life? So this book has been huge as far as laying an infrastructure um, for our personal change and personal growth. Again, Atomic Habits, James Clear. Um, pick it up and spend some time devouring that. And um, and again, if we can help you in any way as your pastors here at Living Stones, uh, 
please contact us. We want to do that, all right? But we're committed to, to each of us becoming the best version of us for the glory of God that we can possibly be. That's what discipleship is all about. So thank you for tuning into this podcast. We encourage you to share it with a friend. Uh, that's important. We're trying, again, to do our part each week. That These are our, our votes, uh, yeah. casting our votes for our uh, system. discipleship. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and we know as we're faithful and we keep getting the word out there and keep talking about things that we hope are helpful, uh, that uh, we'll have more and more people tuning in and listening and enjoying the, the benefits from this. All right. So thank you for listening. Any last comment, my friend? No, I think we're good. All right. <laughs> have a great week. We'll look forward to seeing you next Thursday when the next episode of the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast is released. Until then, have a great week. We'll look forward to seeing you later.